type of service that we offer to the scientific community is to try to provide a high quality data and measurements in all the different components of the earth about the greenhouse gases, so the concentrations, changing concentration and exchanges between the atmosphere and the ocean and between the atmosphere and the terrestrial biosphere. Hello and welcome to the LifeWatch Eric podcast, A Window on Science, from the European Infrastructure for Biodiversity and Ecosystem Research. It's great to have your company again. I'm Julian Kenny, Communication Officer. Welcome back indeed to Season 4 of the podcast, in which we interview other European research infrastructures that work alongside of LifeWatch Eric in the search for sustainability. Today, I'm delighted to have in the studio Dario Papale, Professor at the Department of Innovation of Biological Systems, Food and Forestry at Tusha University in Viterbo, and key person at ICOS, the Integrated Carbon Observation System. Good morning, Ma- Dario. Here, you're a busy person. Yeah, good morning. Hi, Julian. Very happy to be here. <laughs> good on you. What is your role exactly at ICOS? It's a bit yes. Let's say ICOS has been one of the first uh, infrastructures that has been uh, developing in, a, in the environmental component and as a kind of unique structure because we have an ICOS Eric in Finland with a director general that is Werner Kuch at the moment uh, that is governing the overall structure of ICOS. But then we have the three domains that have three different thematic centers that are outside the ICOS Eric, so outside the Eric, right, and they are linked with the to the Eric with specific contracts of services. So, I am the director of the Ecosystem Thematic Center that includes also a group in Belgium, in University of Antwerp, and in Rye in France, mm. and the European Mediterranean uh, Center on, on Climate Change uh, in Italy. Um, and yes, I, and I coordinate this group and. Um, and of course, I'm strongly linked with the with the ICOS area. Yes, of course. But that's my role. Yeah. Yay. Okay, so let's we'll step through those three thematic centres because they operate in similar, complementary, slightly different ways. First of all, you know, research infrastructures are, are there to help scientific communities conduct research and foster innovation. What services and resources does ICOS offer? Well, ICOS, it's um. It's a also kind of unique infrastructure on this point because uh, instead uh, to be focused on a component of our environment is more focused on a process or an aspect that is across different domains. So ICOS, it's for the greenhouse gases basically monitoring. Mm. And so that's uh, the type of service that we offer to the scientific community is to try to provide high quality data and measurements in all the different components of the earth about the greenhouse gases, so the concentrations, changing concentration, and exchanges between the atmosphere and the ocean and between the atmosphere and the terrestrial biosphere. Right. In addition to this, of course, we have services offered in the carbon portal that are uh, more, uh, let's say, elaborated products like map estimations, global scale, um, reports and so on okay mm. yeah beautiful 
Okay, let's dive into um, the atmospheric center. How do you do all this monitoring? And- yeah, the, the atmospheric uh, thematic center that is based in France, and my colleague Leo uh, Rivier from LAC is coordinating it, is really focused together with, a, with a, another thematic center that is the, um, it's a facility offering a service to everybody that is the CAL, the Central Analytical Laboratory in Germany. They uh, basically together manage a network of stations that measure with very high precision and high accuracy the concentration of CO2, but also methane and other greenhouse gases in the atmosphere in a network of sites that is quite uh, large for, for the type of measurements with this tall tower to 100 meter. And what they ensure is that uh, they are all fully uh, cross-calibrated, high quality, and of course, all the fairness, metadata, and everything that is, that is needed. Mm, yeah. um, just let me say that, that that's valid also for the ecosystem, the atmospheric component, also the ecosystem component, really provide data in near real time. It means that today you can find the measurements of yesterday already available in the ICOS Carbon Portal. Okay. So, you know, if I'm a bit worried about pollution in the city or something, I can find the, the readings. Yeah, it's more on the greenhouse gases. Uh, let's say, uh, of course, uh, the, the atmospheric component of ICOS is really a kind of sister, yes. if we want, of another research infrastructure that is Actris, that is more on their reactive gases and aerosols. So they both measure in the atmosphere, so they really mm. are in coordination mm. one with the other very strongly. And that is the beauty of our community. Exactly. It's a really interesting thing about the research infrastructures that they sort of overlap and, and work together. So I was thinking um, in moving on to, you know, the, the uh, ocean thematic center, last month we did an interview with, um, with um, the multidisciplinary seafloor and water column observatory, EMSO. There's an overlap there because your ocean center is very active. Yeah. So the ocean thematic center, it's also coordinated by another colleague uh, that is Richard Sander that is in, in Bergen. Um, so the, again, uh, the, there is an overlap uh, if we want, uh, uh, especially because we both, they both observe the sea and the ocean, but they really look to different things. I mean, um, mm. MC is going to the floor, uh, sea floor. Um, Icos doesn't reach the sea floor. It's more focused on uh, everything that is greenhouse gases, in particular the CO2 exchange. So how much is dissolved in the water? How much is the exchange? We know that the ocean is a large part of our uh, planet. It's uh, a, a key point uh, in uh, it's a compensating part of the emission, anthropogenic emission of CO2 that we do in the atmosphere. So mm-hmm. it's important to monitor. So they have a different strategy, but also in that case, uh, let's say collaboration, it's really a keyword for all of us. Yes. Yeah. And of course, in the, in the ocean area, um, whilst on for the atmosphere and I think for ecosystems, you have towers with, with um, sensing equipment. Yeah. You have actually sort of floating buoys and things in the ocean. Yes, exactly. In the in the ocean, uh, there are different kind of measurements. There are floating buoys that that have fixed uh, positions. We recently, uh, uh, let's say, started or welcomed in um, in Icos one new in uh, in Lampedusa. It is a very tiny island south of Sicily. We had an event there 
LifeWatch was also was also present there. There was uh, Alberto Bassett uh, representing LifeWatch. Uh, so there are these fixed uh, positions, but we have also what we call the chip uh, of opportunities where um, sensors to monitor the CO2 and other parameters in the water are put in commercial uh, ships that go travel also across the ocean. And so we take the opportunity of, of these uh, ships to do measurements along a transit. And that is also very nice as an idea. So, Dario, um, moving on to the ecosystem thematic centre, that's where you're centred. Um, and I'm interested because, A, what you do, how you do it. But then if you have any sort of interaction with LifeWatch, Eric, obviously we work in biodiversity and ecosystems. Yes. So in the, in the ecosystem component, what we do is, of course, focus on the same part. So greenhouse gases mainly in um, terrestrial ecosystem, but also freshwater. So covering from forest to cropland, uh, covering Europe, but not only Europe. And we have stations, measurement stations, so physical installations mm. that are at the moment more than 100 wow. that cover Europe. But we have something also in uh, Central Africa, the Democratic Republic of Congo. We have stations in, uh, in Greenland, uh, where, of course, it's also subject to climate change and so on. So... What we do is to collect a large number of measurements uh, characterizing the ecosystem, plus the carbon, water, energy, and other greenhouse gases using a technique that is called the eddy covariance technique, where we can do these direct measurements, not invasive, but ecosystem scale of the exchange of, of these greenhouse gases between the ecosystems and the atmosphere. Now... We have a strong interaction with all the other research infrastructure that are working on the domain, let's say, of the um, biosphere, the rest of biosphere. And so we have interaction with ELTR that are also measuring similar things. Uh, and then we have uh, interaction with the Danubius, uh, uh, ANAE, and of course, LifeWatch, because LifeWatch for us, it's a kind of a reference system and infrastructure where I can imagine our data, our direct measurements in the field are then integrated mm -hmm. inside the virtual research environment, uh, the e-infrastructure that you, that LifeWatch is managing, together with data coming from other research infrastructure mm -hmm. in order to answer the big, let's say, questions and, and challenges. Yes. Okay. So you put together more ancillary um, data. Yeah. To sort of surround the specifically biodiversity data in life. Like yes, exactly. Awesome. It's quite an operation, isn't it? With all this interaction between the different research infrastructures and, and you're saying internationally as well. Yes, yes, exactly. We have a, we have a internationally. So first, let me say that IGOS is quite advanced. Uh, also, LifeWatch is uh, it's quite, let's say, old in the domain of the environmental research infrastructure. IGOS has been one of the first, uh, so we are fully operational. That means that uh, the interaction with the other research infrastructure is something that we are building because often other research infrastructure, let's take the example of ELTR, they are still now under the project stage, so mm. they need mm. to develop. Nevertheless, we are trying to do this very strongly at both European level, but also at single country level. For example, in Italy, we have a big project that has been funded recently. That The name is Itineries, where... Uh, 
we are really putting together all the research infrastructures in order to execute one voice, execute with one portal, have all the f- full integration of data. Yes. Only in this way we can ask we can answer the big questions that we have about our future in biodiversity, climate change, uh, anthropogenic pressures, and so on. Mm. And look, finally, a quick question on um, the data. You mentioned a bit before, it's quite sophisticated, um, you know, obviously fair data, open science. But um, you have particular methods to make this the data available? Yeah. Yes, uh, um, I have to say that um, that this is something that is characterizing ICOS respect to other research infrastructures. Uh, we have only one mm-hmm. data center for all the components, only one. So even if we are uh, more, let's say, cross-component respect to other research infrastructures, we only have one data center that is in mm-hmm. Sweden and is our carbon portal. In the area. In the area. And it's mm-hmm. governed by Eric in collaboration with the University of Lund. And... Um, and, uh, and, and so the, the point is that we have one entry point where you can really get access to all our data from raw data to the more sophisticated and processed data. Everything is fully uh, respect, respect, it's respecting the fairness uh, principles. Um, everything is open access, even without any authentication. And you go there and download this under a CCBY uh, license. So it's very open and easy easy to to use and access and again it's uh, we have different level of products we have uh, this near real time that every day mm-hmm. uh, you can get the the data of the day uh, before i have to say we have uh, to in order to respect also part of the fair uh, principles we have a quite sophisticated system because our data loggers for example in our case in our 100 stations ecosystem stations mm-hmm. they are connected directly to our carbon portal. So the raw data, what is measured really by the single sensor are sent every day to our carbon portal in Sweden. And we, that process the data, we access from this carbon portal in Sweden, process them and upload the results. So everything is traceable, everything has a persistent identifier. And that I would say is something that will help. And also in in the past project where we try to, to do this, have the collaboration between LifeWatch, for example, and ICOS. Because the, then uh, uh, an uh, e-infrastructure LifeWatch, like LifeWatch really needs that the data are easily findable, accessible, yes. and inter- interoperable. interoperable, and so mm-hmm. on. So I would say that this has been really yeah, a good uh, development that ICOS had. Look, thank you very much for this interview. It really is fascinating. I just never cease to wonder at how complex it is to, you know, sample, um, you know, greenhouse gas concentrations and then put all the information together, interacting with, you know, other research infrastructure and make this information available to policymakers, politicians, in a sort of, you know, maps, you were saying, in accessible form. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, it takes, yes. Good on you. It's, um, it's wonderful to hear about it. My thanks yeah. again. Yeah. I'd also like to acknowledge my producer, Fabrizio Lecce, and above all, you, our fabulous listeners. Thank you very much for following these podcasts. To understand more about LifeWatch Eric and its cloud-based computing tools for biodiversity and ecosystem research, 
visit our website at www.lifewatch.eu. Then, if you enjoy these podcasts, please recommend us to your networks to help increase awareness of what European inf- research infrastructures like IPOS and LifeWatch are achieving in the fight against climate change. Thanks again, Dario. I look forward to all of our listeners, our next encounter here on A Window on Science.